weeks, um, Howard has been preaching on kind of new habits and things to do in the new year. And what those are are spiritual disciplines. And I love that so much because what spiritual disciplines really are, they're things that we learn to put in place in our daily life, in our daily habits that allow us to facilitate growing closer to God. And those spiritual disciplines really have a lot of different things. You know, when we talk about prayer, we talk about reading the word and studying and some of those types of things. But today what we're going to be talking about, which I know this will be a shock if any of y'all know me, we're talking about service. Um, so that is, that is kind of why I am here and that is my role in the church is I'm the, the director of our ministries. And so really that is along the lines of where my heart is and it truly is something that I'm passionate about and I care about. But before we kind of get into some of this, I want us to really hold on to a couple of things. So a lot of times when a preacher gets up and he preaches a sermon, he's got three points and he builds up to them and he does that. But we're not doing that this morning. Pretty much going to give you the exact two things that we, I want you to get out of this. And I'm going to do it right now so you can chew on them and you can hold on them and so we don't forget them. So there are two main points to what we're going to be talking about this morning regarding service and regarding how this allows us as believers to grow closer to the Lord. The first one is this. Serving is an integral part of the Christian life, period. You cannot, I cannot walk out a Christian life that does not include service. Our New Testament reading for today is out of Matthew. It's Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 through 28, and page 1049 in your pew Bibles. Let me read that. Matthew 20, 25. But Jesus called them to him, and he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their greatest ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servants. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You can't really get too much clearer than that, right? We call ourselves Christians. And what a Christian is, is a follower of Christ. That is what, by definition, a Christian is. And if we are to be, if we are to call ourselves, if we are going to claim the title Christian, then that means, by default, we have to emulate Jesus. And in Matthew, along with tons of other scriptures along the New Testament, he says pretty clearly, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. That is our calling. So our first point, serving is an integral part of Christianity. Serving is part of what it means to be a Christian flat out, period. There's no avoiding it. There's no other way of looking at it. Our Old Testament scripture out of Isaiah is talking about 
what Israel has to do in order to be blessed. The funny thing about this is the promise of Moses was the promised land, and that was what they had been looking at. This was huge. You will be blessed. You're going to move into the promised land, the land of milk and honey. Everything's going to be great. It's going to be kosher. It's going to be lovely. Everybody's going to be happy. It's, it's what you guys have been wanting coming out of slavery and bondage and wandering, right? And then they get there, and over and over and over in the prophets, this is what they end up telling them. You guys are chasing after the wrong things. You're treating people badly. You're being unjust. You're neglecting the poor, the fatherless, the foreigner, and you're being wicked. And if you don't stop, if you don't learn to treat people better, if you don't do these things, then you're going back into captivity and I'm kicking you out of the land. And if you want to come back, here's what you need to do to prosper. And part of the promise of prosperity had to do with them acting righteously. And acting righteously meant taking care of others and treating people right. Taking care of those who had no voice. Taking care of the weak, the fragile, the disenfranchised, the hurting. This is, when you read the prophets, you cannot escape that. In fact, if you're going to go through the Bible, and there's like 31,000 verses in the Bible, but out of that 31,000, one of the biggest chunks of them, over 2,000 scriptures, have to do with justice and the poor, either thematically or directly. Over 2,000 scriptures in your Bible talk about what our role is and the responsibility and what God expects of us. So our first point, serving is an integral part of it. It is, and that's it. The second one, the only way we can truly serve, the only way we can truly serve and do it well and do it right and do, do it in a way that leads to life and without being overly dramatic, not doing it in a way that leads to death is to serve through the power of the Holy Spirit. So those are our two points. Service is integral to being a Christian. And the only way to serve well is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of God that he gives us to do the work. Now, people will say, why? Why do we serve? Why do we do these things? And that's probably the simplest answer of all. Because we read in scripture, and Jesus says very directly, the law and the prophets can all be summed up into this. Love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Love is, and we all know this because we've all heard it. Love is not a word that we say. Love is not just an emotion that we feel. Love is an action that we put into place. We love through our deeds. We love through our actions. We love through what we do. And there's really no escaping that. Now, I know in my own life, especially when I was younger, and I didn't have a clue what love was, right? I didn't have any idea what love was when I was younger. But man, I thought I was in love so many times. Those words were cheap because those words were based on a crush or puppy love or an emotion or an infatuation. But when it came down to brass tacks, I didn't love because I didn't act loving. 
I didn't do those things that would show a person that I love them as myself. I did the things that showed that I love me as myself more than anything else. And that's not true love. True love puts in an action. If I say I love my children, but I do nothing for them, do I love them? Doubt it. If I say I love my wife, but I do nothing for her, do I really love my wife? Doubt it. I'm not saying there's some love there. I'm just saying if we really truly love, then we act on that love. Love is an action. Now, in the Christian context, and taking this back, we're talking about serving, and we're talking about serving as a spiritual discipline. Loving people is hard, okay? It's really hard. And serving others is not the easiest thing in the world. And there's a few reasons for that. First of all, it's hard to do because it's tiring. Now, I'm, I'm looking at our culture now, and I'm looking at it in regards to where we're at. And our culture is busy. Our lives are busy. There's always something going on. There's TV, there's noise, there's things, there's family. And it is a busy life that we live. Modern life is a busy life. We are well past times where things were simple and calm. We still have bits and pieces of that. But overall, our culture is a busy, rushed, hurried culture. And that's what we live our lives by. And to say, hey, listen, if you're going to be a Christian, if you love Jesus and you need to love others and you need to serve and do more, sometimes that's just overwhelming and that's exhausting. And I know that is for me. I've got three kids at home. We do stuff. And for somebody to come and say, listen, you need to serve and do more. Oh, my gosh. Like that ends up being burdensome, right? That doesn't encourage me. It doesn't fill me with joy. It's like, oh, my I got to do one more thing to be a Christian? I got to do one more? Like, that's tiring. Another challenge that we have is that people are messy. Now, when I say people are messy, I know none of us are thinking of ourselves. But we're all messy people. We're all difficult to love and we're all difficult to serve in one form or fashion. Now, some of us may be a little bit more polished, some of us may hide it a little better. And some of us may be mature enough that they've learned their own messiness and do what they can to do better or to temper it or to make it easier for others. But no matter what it is, people are messy. I lived, um, I've been a missionary. I've done a lot of things. Over 20 years, I've been serving. I've been working in lower income areas. And that's, that's been my calling is to go to places that most people wouldn't want to go to and to minister and to love on those people for different ways and different means. And um, when I first started doing this, I was 20, first, first time I was ever the executive director of an organization, I was 25 years old, okay? Now, I don't know how y'all were at 25, but I was stupid when I was 25. I didn't think I was that stupid, but I was stupid. And so all of a sudden, I'm the executive director of a ministry based out of, and I was for the Dallas branch, based out of Los Angeles, California. And I'm in a position, and we're living in the neighborhood we're serving in. And this is South Dallas. This is, I live two blocks from Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Okay? If you live off of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, chances are you're not white. 
And I wasn't, you know, I was, I was living there and I, you know, that was my neighborhood. And I learned, we lived in that neighborhood, we served in that neighborhood, our neighbors, we planted a church there. That was our community. Those neighbors were my friends. They became family to me. I have adopted families in Dallas down in the hood and I love them deeply. I've got more God children than I know what to do with, um, you know, because that was home. That became family to me. But here's what it did, as I was serving and we were doing, we were living in this neighborhood, we were being incarnational, planted a church in my house that had 75, 80 people in it, in my home. And we're doing this in this neighborhood, but I didn't realize how exhausting that would be. And I didn't realize at 25 to 30 something years old that I would be doing that and I wasn't very mature in all ways and means. And so I was doing that oftentimes not out of the power of God or the Holy Spirit, but out of my own power and out of my own strengths and out of the natural giftings that God had given me that I could function in. Now I was praying and I was doing the things, but my defaults, my default was to go back and do what I knew how to do. And so because I was dealing with very messy people, where everybody's mess wasn't behind closed doors like oftentimes ours is, but their mess was out in the front yard where you saw it and you dealt with it and you couldn't escape it, it became tiring. And it became something that burned me out and that like literally just broke me in so many ways. And fortunately, through the grace of God, it didn't break me bad enough, you know, to like push away. But it did break me where I had to take a few years and not do ministry. And I did secular, worked as a director of a secular nonprofit for a few years after that, just to kind of be able to get my bearings and be able to breathe and get, be able to get back into perspective. Because I didn't realize, I didn't realize even though I was doing it for the Lord, even though we were doing all these things, I was a missionary, we are doing all this, I didn't realize that I wasn't doing it right. I didn't realize that the way to do it right was to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and to really let that flow and let service flow from that relationship. When we look at what Jesus did. We look at some really challenging scriptures. And one of those is in John 14. So I just want to read this to you. This is John chapter 14, verse 12. And it says this. Truly, truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I'll do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now, I don't, I'm not going to speak for y'all. I'm just going to speak for me. I've been a Christian for quite a while. And I've done some pretty cool things. And I've had the opportunity to do some great ministry. But um, when this says, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these, I don't think I can measure up on that one. Now, y'all may be different. Some of y'all may have done greater works than Jesus, 
but I haven't quite made it to that level yet. So if you have, get with me after service. I'd like to ask you some questions, okay? But this is what scripture says. This is what scripture says. And when I think about that, I think about the miracles and I think about all the things that he did and and feeding the 5,000 and healing people and all of that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, man, that that is amazing. But here's what I also think about. I think about how he gave himself as a sacrifice for us. That he laid down his life for those that were there those that have not yet been born, those of us that are right here, that he sacrificed himself, that he loved us that much, that he would give up of himself to do for us that we may have eternal life. And not just eternal life, but that we may have the joy and the fullness of God now on this earth. And when I think about that, I'm like, okay. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I feel like we can do that. Maybe not lay down our lives for salvation because we are not the son of God, but we can, we can show people the way. We can lay down our own lives in some ways, in some form, in some fashion for others that they may be able to see God, to experience him and to live in that. But here's the deal. The Bible says that the way that Jesus did these things was through the power of the Spirit. And Jesus even says to the disciples, when they're freaking out because he's got to go, he says, don't worry about this, I have to go. But when I leave, when I go and I ascend, don't worry, the, the Holy Spirit, the Counselor, he's coming. He's coming. And he will give you the power to do these things. So God made provision for us to follow in Christ's footsteps, not by just reading and learning and doing, but by being filled with his spirit and being intimate and close with him. The solution to being able to learn how to love people and serve and not let it weary us or tire us or beat us down is for us to be more intimate with him. And then for us to do this with the giftings he's given us, in the way that he has allowed each of us to do it, and that's different for all of us. Not everybody's going to go to the inner city. Not everybody's going to go to Pakistan or Africa or Taiwan or Ireland. Not everybody's going to go to downtown women's center. Not everybody's going to work with addicts or homeless. Not everybody's going to work with single moms. Not everybody's going to work with the elderly. Each of us has something that we can do that God has made provision for. He's given us a passion or a heart for it, and he's given us gifts to do. But however that is, the way to do it well and the way to do it so that we are full of life and it becomes something that helps us grow in our spiritual life and our faith and not take away from it and beat us down. The way to do that is to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the provision that God has given us to follow the commands that he has given us. So that's something that um, I just want to say I love. We don't have a God that is unsympathetic, right? Bible tells us that. We have a God that knows us intimately and knows us well. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our strengths. He knows what we're capable of and what we're not capable of. And when he calls us to a life that is based on loving and serving others, 
He doesn't do that and expect us to do it on our own strength. Because to be honest, our strength is feeble and weak sometimes. And we're tired and we're fearful and we get scared and we get frustrated and we get irritated with people and we just don't have it in us to love well. But because he knows that about us, he has given us his spirit that dwells inside of us and he has infused us with his love so that we can love others and serve them in the way that he has called us to serve. So if we get anything out of it this morning, if we learn anything from this, my hope is that we learn this. Service is something that we do, that we have to do. It's part of being a Christian. It's close to God's heart. He wouldn't talk about it over 2,000 times if it wasn't important in the scripture. And for context, that's about the most he talks about almost any other subject in the Bible, outside of money and his thoughts about all that kind of stuff and wealth. Besides that, we're talking about justice and the poor and mercy and serving others. That is one of the dearest things to God's heart. The second thing is that though we know we're called to serve, we can only serve and serve well in a way that enriches our lives, in a way that brings life to others around us and to the world around us and the community around us. The only way that we can do that well is through the power of his Holy Spirit. Now, I'm a guy, I'm a West, I'm, well, not West Texas. I was born here in Amarillo. I'm Texas born and bred. My family did come from West Texas. My family is a pull yourself up from the bootstraps, figure it out, get it done kind of family. You don't know how to do something? Figure it out, son. That's what you do, right? It doesn't matter if you don't know. You can figure it out and you can do it. We were raised to be strong. We were raised to be independent. We were raised to be self-reliant. And here's what I've learned as a Christian. That's not a good way to do things a lot of times. Self-reliance and thinking I can do this Christian life and walk these things out and serve and love. And if I think I can do that on my own, I am running myself into a brick wall and it's going to lead to a big crash. I have to learn to be intimate, to draw on the power of God that he has made provision for us through his Holy Spirit. He doesn't want us to be self-reliant. He wants us to be God-reliant. And that is how we love others. That is how we serve others. There's ways, if you don't know how to do this, I'm just going to tell you, you know, pray, meditate on Scripture, find time to be silent and listen to the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what you need to do. Ask Him to speak to you. Ask Him to reveal Himself to you in new ways. Ask God to help you be close to Him because He has put His presence in each and every one of us. He is intimately intertwined with the essence of who we are as people. He has called us. We are born again. We've been filled with the Spirit. Now we need to walk in a life that represents being filled with the Holy Spirit. So study, learn, meditate, 
Read scripture, chew on it. Be silent and just listen to him. There's ways that the church, and we try and facilitate that. Dan has a a small group that's going over a great curriculum uh, from a ministry called Presbyterian Reform Ministries International. I went up to a conference earlier this in the fall, and it's about growing the church through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this, this study is all about learning to listen and to be intimate and be filled with the Holy Spirit so we can walk in that power and walk in that flow, walk in what he has provided for us. Dan's doing it as a small group. I'm teaching that on Wednesday nights upstairs in 209. So if you're interested in being a part of a study that's exploring how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, come on and join one of us. We also can make that available. The book is called Growing the church in the power of the Holy Spirit, feel free. You can pick it up on Amazon or we can get it free from the church. But I want to encourage each of us. We don't serve to serve. We serve because it is an expression of God's love for us and it is an expression of God's love for the world that is his representatives, followers of Christ. That is our call and our duty to walk out in the world around us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and your goodness, and we thank you for the provision of your Holy Spirit. And um, we love you. Help us to love you more. We are close to you, and help us to be closer to you. And Father, fill us with the light, the life, and the love of your goodness every day so that we can fully love, that we can be good neighbors, and we can serve the world around us. Help us draw close to you, Lord, and help us help others to draw close to you as well. It's in your name we pray. Amen.